just to (laughs) (laughs) i couldn't do it though couldn't do it uh all right everybody welcome to episode 87 of the fantasy timeline a proud member of the dynasty addicts podcast network i'm josh at real fantasy tl and normally this is the part of the show where i go and this is bill at super duplex but bill bill likes to copy me bill likes to do the things that i do so last week I didn't come on due to a a power outage, so he decided he wasn't going to come on this week. <laughs> um, uh, all joking aside, though, Bill Bill is uh, hanging out with some friends he hasn't seen in a while, so it was the only time their schedules met up. But you know what? I'm not mad about it because it allows us the opportunity to be, bring on the third host of the timeline. We got Drew at dr underscore pra. He only plays a doctor on TV. <laughs> Drew, how are you doing today, man? I'm good. So happy to be here. Uh, it's an exciting time of the year. Can't wait to dive in. Yeah, and you know we're gonna uh, we're, we're gonna go to the news, and this isn't technically news, but a little continuation off of um, Bill and Sal talking last week. They were they were talking about the whole. Uh, Matt Barkley being taken in uh, an SFB instead of Saquon Barkley. And uh, this is from Nate Hamilton at Dominate FF. I'm actually uh, in one of his group chats. He's a good dude. He a uh, real smart dude as well. Uh, he said, do you remember when someone accidentally drafted Matt Barkley instead of Saquon Barkley in last year's hashtag SFBAFS? Whoa, let's try it again. SFB10. Uh Fantasy football points. Uh, Saquon ended the season with 12.4 and Matt Barkley with 9.28. So maybe that guy knew something we didn't know, you know, <laughs> but uh, all joking aside, I just I just thought because they were talking about were they close, who had more than who. And then Nate came up with this uh, with this uh, tweet. So I decided to throw it on. But uh, let, let's chat about SFB for a little bit. Um, Drew, what division are you in? What pick are you at? And how are you digging your draft so far? Uh, I uh, I picked the Red Hot Chili Peppers. Part of that was also influenced by uh, trying to get in with a couple of guys from Rotoviz. So I lucked into, I guess I lucked into uh, getting in there with Sam Wallace, which is a lot of fun. Nice. And uh, you and I actually picked the same spot at the 108, trying to get a little bit tw- uh, in the back end of the first, get an earlier second, and then uh, kind of middle of the pack for that third round reversal, which. Uh, turned out pretty good that's good um what what's your team looking like uh so far any any highlight picks any maybe low light picks uh you know i i did a couple of mocks and uh this actually went according to uh the first mock that i was in i ended up with herbert at eight uh the guys in or the people in my division uh strung me along for four picks and left josh allen sitting there looking at me for about four hours and then the 105 took Josh Allen. Uh, I saw somebody got him at like the 110, which is killing me. Yep. Um, but uh, ended up with Herbert, which I was I was pretty happy about. I was actually looking for your guy Dak, and he got taken right after Josh Allen at 106. Um, so yeah, so I ended up with Herbert, and I was really hoping JT would make it back to me, but ended up with the consolation prize of Kamara in the second, which I feel pretty good about. And. Uh, yeah, Joe Burrow was staring at me in the third, which uh, I thought he was going to be gone in the second, so I had to do two QBs earlier there than I expected. Um, otherwise, I got OBJ pretty late, uh, I think in the eighth or ninth. Um, 
which, you know, for my wide receiver three, I, I like that for this year. But uh, otherwise, it's been pretty uh, pretty good. It hasn't been anything crazy. Nobody's uh, – I guess the, the craziest one here, uh, Bo took, uh, took Pitts at 210. So I think that's one of the earlier side. So yeah. fun to see. And then he posted an article that he wrote about it. Uh, so I look forward to digging into that. But, yeah, he's, he's putting his money where his mouth is, which is awesome to see too. How yeah, about you? you know, yeah, hey, hashtag on brand. Look, th- this this tournament is so great. I mean, for a variety of reasons. But once you get into the actual draft part of it, you can you can really take the guys you want to take. You can roll the dice, take guys like Kyle Pitts at, at you know with a second round pick, and you know what? I I feel like, and I unfortunately I should have dug into this a little bit. I would have loved to have seen. Uh, SFB 10s champs draft after the fact and see, you know, were there a lot of high upside guys that he hit on or did he go kind of by the board and just win with consistency? But I almost feel like in a, in a tournament with 1,900 people, you have to do something different and have it work for you in order to win. Uh, just going by ADP is that I don't think we'll do it for it. Maybe it will, but I personally don't think in a, uh, I think there are going to be way more people going by ADP than taking a swing on a Kyle Pitts in the second round. Somebody took a swing on OBJ in the second round. You know, I mean, those are going to be the things where, uh, you know, if those things hit, if OBJ is wide receiver one, you know, that could, you know, win it for you, you know, um, if Kyle Pitts is tied in one, that could win it for, you know, yeah, um, big. yeah like, so I, I'm in the, uh, in the DMX division. Uh, I'm also at the eight pick. I was lucky. Um, my, my division mates let Dak fall big mistake. Um, then I was I was able to get JT in the second round. Mm. So I went with him. I was hoping Waller would come back to me in the second. Uh, I think he was either taken at like 112 or 201, something like that. Yeah. It was either very late in the first or, or yeah. very early in the second. Um, but then I saw JT hanging out there. I actually took JT over Kittle. So we'll see if, you know, if that works out. But again, you know, those are the calculated risks you have to take. I mean, a lot of people were taking Kittle in the first round last year. And obviously it's injury. You can't predict injury. But, you know, that, you know, that sunk a lot of people. So just like taking Christian McCaffrey at 101 sunk a lot of people was due to injury. And you can't predict them. I mean, the probably the winner is the guy who gets luckiest with uh, with injuries and stuff like that. But then uh, in the third round on the reversal. You know, you got to stay on brand. You, you know, I took Kirk Cousins. Uh, Rocky will be happy about that. Perennial QB1 who gets treated like a QB2 for whatever reason. Um, plus two guys that, you know, Dak and, and Kirk Cousins keep it on the uh, – keep it north of 66% in the completion, which is so important in Big. SFB. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people – you know, sometimes forget that, you know, it is minus one for an incompletion and only plus 0.5 for completion. So you need, you need your quarterbacks to hit 66% just not to hurt you. And 
you know, people always bring up, you know, there were weeks where, you know, Sam Darnold was negative 22 points because of, uh, of the scoring. Um, I haven't, haven't got a tight end yet. Actually went way, way more wide receiver heavy than I thought I would. And like I said earlier, listen, <laughs> you, you think you have a plan until the draft actually happens. And then that blows up in your face real quick. Uh, yep. so at this point, I'm probably going very late tight end. Uh, there are some guys I like late. You know, obviously, they're lotto tickets because if they weren't, they'd be picked a whole lot earlier. Yep. But um, and also, uh, you know, watch out for your buys if you're still maybe earlier in your draft or you haven't taken a second quarterback yet. Um, I did not realize this, even though part of my SFB plan is to always snag a couple of backup or low end quarterbacks late just to, you know, not be only reliant on two guys. But I took Dak Prescott and Kirk Cousins, who both have a week seven buy. Yep. So didn't realize it till after I took them, which is fine because, I mean, part of the plan is always to get a third and sometimes even a fourth, depending on if the board uh, goes my way. But, uh, yeah, so now I got to make sure that the the late round guys that I, I have my eye on don't have a week seven buy or I will have to uh, alter the game plan once again. But um, yeah. Yeah, I think you it was know. Larry. Uh, Larry put in our chat. I forget if it was the timeline or in the 108. I think he's in that too. Something like 59 quarterbacks started last year, so there will be options. Um, there will be options. I think this uh, my my division, anyways, has been much more controlled around quarterback than some of the other folks in the 108 chat. Uh, I'm still looking in the 10th round here at guys like you know Darnold that you mentioned is out there. Daniel Jones is still out there. Um, Jameis got taken already, but then you got some of the other guys like uh, Mac Jones. I think hanging out still. So we'll see what happens. Yeah, and, you know, it's funny. I feel like in DMX division, we went quarterback heavy very early. 14 of the first 30 picks are quarterbacks. Wow. So, but then we hit the lull, and it was like, okay, everybody kind of got their fill of quarterbacks, and there have been quarterbacks, you know, dripping and drabbing here and there. But, I mean, the, you know, pretty much all the rookies except for Trevor Lawrence are still on the board. Uh, Ryan Fitzpatrick on the board. Daniel Jones on the board. Sam Darnold, Jared Goff, Jameis, and Taysom. Uh, Mac Jones and Cam. Um, Drew Locke, which, I mean, I won't touch with a 10-foot pole, but somebody will. Um, Jimmy G is still out there. Uh, maybe the actual starting quarterback in Denver, mm -hmm. Teddy B is there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there, there are guys that I have my eyes on, you know, that will be around later. And I have no issue. And actually, somebody brought this up, and I, I don't remember who it is. I listen to way too many podcasts. I wish I could give them credit. But they actually talked about, you know, teaming up later, Matt Jones and Cam Newton. And kind yep. of using that to cover one quarterback spot, which I mean is I think is a really smart plan. You know, there are certain situations like that, even if you maybe to a lesser extent or a greater extent. I don't know. I guess it depends on how you look at it. Um, Andy Dalton and Justin Fields. You know, if you want to, you know, 
where you know there's probably going to be that turnover from one guy to the other. I mean, last year I took Andy Dalton late. I took Dak in the second round last year, and maybe the second to last round I took Andy Dalton. I said, "Uh, Dak never gets hurt, but just in case he gets hurt, and he did get hurt, but then Andy Dalton got hurt, so that didn't really help me out much. But, (laughs) you know, there. I mean, there's so many different ways. I mean, literally there's 1,900 people and 1,900 plants. (laughs) Yeah. So – it's it's a lot of fun, but you know we we did a little chit chat about SFB, but um, the SFB Podathon, uh, Fantasy Cares, uh, PayPal is still open. Um, if you're watching this live and you haven't had a chance to donate, and you can donate, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, this money's going to Toys for Tots. This money's going to to the Trevor Project. Just like this money's going to help so many people. Uh, have happier and better lives, you know? So, I mean, that's what it's all about. Drew, I see you wearing your red hot chili pepper, Scott fish shirt. Um, yep. I'm wearing my, uh, wearing my SFB shirt. Um, you know, that all, all that money goes to charity. I mean, the SFB Abby makers are insane. Cause yep. I feel like almost everybody who's in it has one. Um, all the money they're raising goes to so and i mean even if even if you can't donate a dime i mean just put the word out on twitter just say hey yeah. you know retweet that link you know point people in that direction um cuz that's what it's all about i mean obviously we all know i'm going to win this year but um it's not about winning it's you know it's just about the community everybody coming together everybody um just embracing each other and collectively working towards an awesome goal. So, yeah. Yeah. I um, love how, uh, how inclusive Scott and Ryan, all those guys have made it. Um, you were saying almost half the people this year are first timers. Is that what I heard? A thousand people out of the 1900. So over half the field, this is their first year in SFP. So, and all right. I, I was getting down off the soapbox because I just wanted to promote how good of a thing, but I'm going to walk back up on the soapbox. People, please, if you don't get in, don't complain. Don't, don't bitch at Scott. Like, first of all, he is running a league with 1,900 people. That boggles my mind, just that aspect of it alone. But then he's doing all of this for Toys for Tots, for kids to – who may not even have a Christmas to to get something under their tree, and yeah. you're you're complaining about not being in. And the, hey, listen, the first year I I I went for it, I didn't get in. I played a satellite. I still donated. I still bought my shirt. I still like. Oh, and by the way, if you're not in and you think the shirts are cool, buy a shirt. It all Absolutely. it all goes to fantasy cares. Like Absolutely. Like I mean, you know. Or just you know what Scott said. You know Scott said this especially last year. If if Toys for Tots isn't kind of what's on your heart, donate to something that you feel passionate about. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to be Fantasy Cares. It doesn't have to be Toys for Tots or the Trevor Project or whatever. Like if there's something that really means a lot to you, donate to that. Like Scott will not trust me. Scott will never. Uh, shame you or talk bad about you for donating to something that's not fantasy carries. Uh, he will applaud you um, because that's the kind of guy Scott is. 
So don't complain to him. Don't complain to anyone else. Guess what? Uh, I think I've said this on the show. I know I've said it to you and Bill privately. Uh, Lindsay's in the chat. One of the most awesome things this year was when there was an incident about someone speaking very disrespectfully to, to a woman in this community, and I'm not going to go into all that. Uh, Scott, instead of not saying anything or maybe just, you know, saying that he's not about that, this decided to get more women into Scott Fishbowl and just ask to nominate people. And I think you started it, Drew. I think you were the first person to nominate Lindsay. Um, I jumped on your, uh, I think Bill jumped on first. I jumped on after and said, hey, like both of us endorse this too. Like you have three people here who want to get this awesome girl who knows what she is doing when it comes to fantasy football into this thing. And I was happier about her getting in, Scott actually replying and saying, okay, she's in. Yeah, than awesome. I was when I got my email saying that I was in because I, I just want as many people as possible to enjoy this thing. And like, if I didn't get in this year, guess what? I would have still went on the potathon at two 30 in the morning. I still would have retweeted everything that has to do with the potathon and fantasy cares and all that stuff. I still would have bought a cool ass shirt and it's because like, that's what it's all about. It's not about did I get in, did I do this? Did I do that? Like it's, it's about, it's way bigger than just me or just one, any one single. I mean, Matthew Barry is in this thing. I mean, pretty much the godfather of fantasy football as we know it. And it's, you know, it's not even about someone as big as him. It's about all of us coming together in one direction to do a lot of good things. So, you know, short, long story short, don't bitch at Scott. Um, all right, we got one more piece of news. And I want to get your opinion on this, see how you feel about it. I have my own opinions on it. So the Dallas Cowboys, uh, the team that mm. I root for, Mm. is going to be on Hard Knocks. Uh, mm. Drew, how do you feel about this? I cannot wait. Uh, hard Knocks for me is the signal that the season has started. Um, it's one of the few shows that I, I am so happy to wait each week to watch. Uh, I watch it as soon as it streams on HBO. Um, people have plenty of opinions on you know how they go about it and the human interest story side of it and all that and it, it it's really cool i mean they showed a clip from the first time they were on and Dan, danny amendola was a rookie undrafted mm-hmm. trying to make it and it's like how how cool is this uh you know nfl just like every other organization has its issues and stuff but uh how cool that some you know a couple hundred guys every year get to go out and live out you know something they've been dreaming about for their entire lifetime uh, I love that we get to see some of the behind the scenes. Uh, I, I can't wait to see or hear some crazy crap come out of Jerry Jones' mouth somewhere, get bleeped out. Um, it'll be interesting to see McCarthy on there. I, I don't take him as a guy that likes that kind of thing, but uh, I'm really excited to see that. I love to see uh, you know what's going on with some of the young guys coming in the league, uh, some of the veterans that are in there. Man, it's it's very cool to see them. Uh, kind of turn the page into mentorship and bring some of these young guys along. So again, that idea that a lot of this is so much bigger than us, so much bigger than a single career, right? Um, 
yeah, so I'm, I'm excited for it. I think it'll be great, great TV. Um, I, I'm hoping that there's less about COVID this year, more about football. Um, so excited to see that and uh, excited to have some preseason come along with it. So for me, this is just a signal that uh, we're really getting close. Yeah, um, I love Hard Knocks too. I mean, the way they tell a story is just like, I remember, I guess it was the last time, because obviously there was no Hard Knocks in 2020, was 2019, I believe that was the Cleveland Browns uh, that were on Hard Knocks, if I remember correctly, or maybe that was 2018. Yeah, it was a few years ago. Yeah, they did both LA teams last year. They did. That's what it was. was. So it was the year before that, I think, was Cleveland. Yeah. And see, it's sad because I've already forgotten. I think the guy played tight end. And he was just like, he was like a bubble guy. But they tell you his story and they're they're like with him and his dad and they're so close. And he's just like, he's hustling in every practice. And he's, he's, you know, he's going all out in preseason games. And you're like, "Ah, I think he's going to make it. And then that Mm. like last Mm. cut and they're like, Sorry, man, we got to let you go. And like you get personally invested, not only in the stars, not only, you know, Mm -hmm. in the Baker Mayfields or the Jared Goffs or the, you know, Justin Herberts, but you get invested in the like fourth or fifth string tight end that just like is trying hard to just be there every week. And, And like you said, live out a dream. And then you just see him get cut and you're like, you, you, your heart breaks. You're like, yeah, I got into this guy. He was like, he was so likable and he worked so hard, you know, cause that's a lot of thing, you know, all of us say is, oh, uh, you know, these, this guy is, you know, just kind of loafing around and he's just, you know, he's not, you know, trying hard in practice. And, you know, then you get this guy and he's trying hard and he's doing everything he's supposed to do. And yep. it just doesn't work out. So. Yeah, I actually think of all years, this is a pretty tame year to have the Cowboys on. I mean, Dak is coming back. That's going to be probably the overarching story. But there's not really a lot else going on. There's no new coach. I mean, maybe Jerry Jones does something just to spice it up. He He's a wild card. He could do anything at any time. But, you know, there's not a lot of like, hey, look at all these storylines. You know, like I, in my in my opinion, and I know there's certain rules around which teams can opt out of being on Hard Knocks, mm-hmm. but like Jacksonville would have been a great team. Urban oh Meyer, Trevor Lawrence, you know, Travis Etienne versus James Robinson. You know, there there's Tim Tebow trying to make the team. Tim Tebow, a lot of stories <laughs> on that team. That was kind of the first team that came to mind when. Um, when I was like, oh, yeah, like, what are we going to do? You know, and yeah, I mean, trust me, the Cowboys are the Cowboys and they'll do something to make there be headlines. Yeah. Like, I mean, we don't have to worry about it. And, and Bill said in the, you know, in the FTC, uh, the fantasy timeline chat, by the way, if you want to be a part of that, you know, hit me up at Real Fantasy TL. Bill at Super Duper Flex or hit us up at Fantasy Timeline and we'll get you in. Uh, it's just. A great community of people. Drew is in there. Lindsay's in there. 
Uh, Rocky was uh, was in here earlier. He's in there as well. Um, we just chat, but Bill said, hey, pick up all your uh, Dallas Cowboy players now because you know there are going to be guys that get the hard knocks bump and then, uh, you know, you sell them and then you never hear from those guys again because you just saw them make a couple of highlight plays on hard knocks and then all of a sudden uh, you're, you know, you're spending, uh, you know, a pick that's two rounds higher than you ever would have <laughs> to get a guy that's never going to do anything. Yeah. So, uh, all right. We talked about a lot. We talked about a lot and uh, we haven't even gotten to, you know, what we saw in the timeline. So let's get into that. Let's have some fun. Uh, and this first one here is from Davis Peng at Peng's Picks FF. The Eagles haven't had a wide receiver break a thousand plus yards since Jeremy Macklin in 2014. They've come close, but that's a six-year drought. And to be honest, when I saw that, it shocked me because I know the last couple of years, you sure. know, they the wide receiver wide receivers either haven't been good or have been hurt or both. And but six years, I mean, in a league that we always talk about, the league is so much more pass happy than it was, you know, even you know, three years ago. And the Eagles haven't had a thousand yard receiver in six years. Man. So I, I want to get into this a little bit. Do you see a wide receiver on the roster right now that can break the streak for the Philadelphia Eagles? Uh, I think you have a couple that could. I think it comes down to uh, is Jalen Hurts a quarterback that could support that with uh, the talent they've got there? So I don't know, um, you know, if he's going to be running quicker, make a read or two, and then run if he's going to have the opportunity to, to throw for more than, you know, 3,000 yards across all the receivers they've got there. Um, it's going to be tough for somebody to do that. Uh, I think Rieger could, you know, if he got the opportunities, he could get, uh, you know, he could be efficient with those. But outside of that, you know, Devontae Smith, we'll see what he does if there's that connection there from Alabama that comes back. But I just don't know that the volume will be there for Hurts uh, and if he'll last long enough to to throw that much. So, uh, if I were betting this year, I, I still, I think it would be seven years coming up on uh, no thousand yard receivers for the Eagles. If I had to bet on it, Ooh, uh, Rocky is not going to be, is not going to be happy to hear that. But, uh, I, I agree with you. I think the only wide receiver that has a shot of getting to a thousand yards is the rookie Devonta Smith. Uh, I, you know, people liked Rager coming into the process. I was never on him. I was uh, anti Rager and year one has proven me right. But year one does not make a career. Um, that doesn't mean that he's going to, he's going to stink forever. I mean, there was some, he was hurt last year too. So I don't want to say it was all just poor play. He was hurt a little bit too. Um, but I like how you brought the quarterback into this because Jalen Hurts. What is he? You know, um, I mentioned this a few weeks ago. You know, in the games that he started, he averaged 50 touches a game, 38 pass attempts, and 12 rushes. I don't think that's sustainable. I mean, we talk, you know, I brought this up as well. We talk about, you know, the Dak Prescott and how he was on pace for 7,000 yards, and everybody was like, that's not sustainable. And we all knew it's not sustainable. Um, I don't think that you can have a quarterback run 12 times a game and throw 38 times a game 
and keep that quarterback for seven, 17 games this year, not 16 games, 17 games. Um, so yeah, that, I think that's going to be an issue. Uh, how much are they going to throw? Who knows? Um, and if they do decide to air it out, I mean, Dallas Goddard, you know, I'm assuming here that Zach Ertz is either going to be cut or in Buffalo before week mm. one of the season. Um, I think Dallas Goddard is going to be the main target. Now, I will say that Jalen Hurts can throw a good deep ball. Um, there was a game, I believe it was against Arizona, where Hurts hit uh, Rager for like a 50-yard bomb that was pretty. But, you know, again, <laughs> you can't expect every every play yeah. to be a 50-yard bomb that gets uh, completed. So, yeah, I'm with you, Drew. If I had to put money on it, I would probably put – money on going on seven years but if someone told me i had to bet on one guy to do it uh my bet would go with uh would go with smith the rookie and you know like you said maybe they uh maybe they remember the good times they had at alabama and they uh they hit the ground running so so that's a good one that's just like a fun little stat you know these are the things that we you know a lot of times don't see we don't you know it's like you know he probably looked into the stats to to figure out, you know, he probably said, oh, wow, I feel like the Eagles haven't had a thousand yard receiver in a while. Let's let me see how long that's been. And then you go, holy crap, it's been six years. Yeah. So it's just surprising with some of the seasons that Wentz has had too. you would have thought that maybe somebody would have would have done that. But uh... I, and I know there were a couple seasons where or at least one season where Jeffrey was at like 960 or 970. So. He was real close, um, but yeah, I mean, it's it kind of boggles my mind that you know, no thousand yard receiver. Like it almost seems like by accident in the league today, you can get a receiver to a thousand yeah. yards. So, yeah, um, that'll be fun, and it'll be fun to see where uh, where wide receiver where Eagles wide receivers go in the Scott Fishbowl draft. Yeah, <laughs> you know so. I, uh, that, yeah, I, I just still can't believe that. I'm sorry. I sound flabbergasted, but I kind of am. <laughs> so, uh, I won't think about it too much. We'll move on to the next one here. This is from Frank Dajevich. Frank, I'm sorry. I probably butchered your last name at fantasy underscore giant. Someone explained to me why I can get Devonte Parker in the ninth round. Isn't he still the presumed wide receiver one for Miami? Uh, Drew, I normally let the co-host or the guest go first, but I, I want to take this one first. Go no. for it. No, he, he's not. And this isn't me saying it. This isn't my opinion. The Miami Dolphins showed you. They brought in a free agent, probably one of the better free agent wide receivers of this class. They Now, it's a one-year deal. I get it. Not a lot of commitment. But they still brought in a free agent. And then they traded up, down, and all around in that first round to get to the sixth spot. Why? Because they wanted to draft another wide receiver. So usually if a team brings in a wide receiver in free agency and then uses a top 10 pick on a wide receiver, they don't like what they currently have. Um, 
and that's not to say that Devonta Parker might not have production, but him as the wide receiver one, I I just don't see it. You know, again, let's talk. Let's talk about chemistry and connection. Tua and Waddle, they have that there. You know, Will Fuller has been in the league for a little bit. He was a first round pick too. Their top three wide receivers are all first round picks. So. I mean, these are guys with pedigree. These are guys that, you know, have done things in the league. And if you were happy with with Devonta Parker, I don't think either one of those guys end up in Miami. So obviously they're not happy with what they have and they they want to build up. So I don't think he's the wide receiver one. And I think the Miami Dolphins told us that by the moves they made. What do you think, Drew? Yeah, I think all that uh, is writing on the wall for him. Um, I think this also comes back to the quarterbacks, and people have some doubts about, uh, in the fantasy community, some doubts about Tua and if he'll be the guy. You know, there were a lot of rumors last year if he get traded uh, for Watson or something like that. So uh, I think there's some people that are gun-shy to take uh, really many of the wide receivers in Miami as well. Um, if if Tua is not going to be it, and if he doesn't perform like he was drafted to perform, then – uh, people, I think, maybe are hedging their bets because this wide receiver is so deep too. So just because he's low doesn't mean that people are, you know, sleeping on him either. There are a lot of great wide receivers that are available uh, based on the depth of the league. So um, yeah, I don't think Devontae Parker is going to be the wide receiver one there. I, I think Waddle takes over pretty quickly. Uh, we'll see what Kasiki does. Um, they don't have a whole lot of threat coming out of the backfield at this point, but uh, but yeah. Um, if you can, if you like him, then go get him. If people are letting you have him in the ninth, tenth, and you like him, then hopefully that's a value for you. Yeah, and that and that's the thing. Like, if you like him, if you think he's the wide receiver one in Miami, and not just because you think it, but because you you see some evidence out there that he could be, then yeah, scoop him up. I mean, listen, I'm in, I'm in Scott Fishbowl. I've taken three receivers, which is way more than I thought I would at this point in the draft. And we are, where are we right now? We are in the eighth round. And the three guys that I took, I took Justin Jefferson. I've taken, uh, who else did I take? I'm trying to look up my roster now. I just took Tyler Lockett. And, oh, I took Chris Godwin. I mean, all of those guys, I have multiple rounds ahead of Devontae Parker. So, I mean, and we're, you know, we're in the eighth. So, I mean, that's a redraft. You know, I'm not sure if he's talking redraft draft or dynasty. I mean, in dynasty, I mean, what do I what do I want him for? I mean, he's probably not going to be there after next year. I mean, I haven't looked at his contract, so maybe there's some dead cap there or something like that. But, I mean, I can't imagine that he is in Miami's long-term plans. So... No, it doesn't look like it. Yeah, so, but, hey, again, like we said, if you like the guy, you take the guy, and if you're right, you get to you get to take that all the way to the mm-hmm. bank. Yep. So, um, all right, let's hit, let's hit this next one here. This is from Clinic Cap at Clinic Cap. What are we expecting from Kenny Galladay this year? And I, I have spoken a lot about Kenny Galladay during this offseason. Uh, if you follow the show, you probably know my feelings on it. So, Drew, what are your feelings on Kenny Galladay 
And, and what do you think about the uh, the season that he can have in 2021? Man, I, I like the guy. Um, since he got uh, propped up early on as Baby Tron, been following him and trying to get him in some different uh, dynasty leagues, which uh, a lot of savvy folks out there. So early on, it was he was hard to get. Um, yeah, tough, tough to come off some of these injuries. Um, you know, going to Daniel Jones from Matt Stafford is tough. Uh, we'll see what kind of action he gets there. Um, we'll see who, who the loser is in the wide receiver room in, in New York. Uh, I hope it's not Darius Slayton, but uh, I, I think that's probably who it'll be. Um, you know, he's going to have to to deal with Saquon Barkley, who presumably is going to be healthy as well. Uh, I, I don't know. I, I think people are are uh, cautious with him at this point, and I think that's a smart. Um, you know, if you can get him for a value, then great. You have, a again, another huge upside, uh, similar to OBJ like we were talking about earlier. Um, uh, I would probably, if I had to pick between the two, I'd prefer to have OBJ because he's in the same team. Um, team seems to be moving in the right direction, so I guess I, I like that a little bit better. Um, as an individual talent, you know, he he uh, he had some good opportunities, but uh, yeah, he's he's not a guy that I'm going after or reaching for, even in Scott Fish for upside. There are other guys I like better than him, um, and yeah, Giants just seem to be kind of in a in a bit of a mess for the last couple of years, so. Uh, if I can get one of the studs like Saquon or something, then I'll take them from the Giants. Otherwise, I'm waiting a long time for a lot of those guys, including Galladay. Yeah, so when Galladay originally signed for the Giants, there was this big, you know, party that was being had. And I'm sure it was led by the Giants contingent. They were happy. They felt like they got a, you know, a big time player at the wide receiver position. And I said, okay, like I can kind of see the the excitement. I can kind of see where they're coming from. But I, I think it's one of those things where when your team signs a guy and you and the fan base are excited about it, but everybody else in the league is kind of like, like it, it could be all right. Like it, it might be good. It might not be good. Um, and I kind of was just like, I mean, I feel like there's so many more guys. There's so many. I mean, Bill says it all the time. There's wide receivers everywhere. You can get wide receivers at any point in the draft. Yeah. And they could all be valuable for your team. I mean, so, you know, looking at, you know, First of all, we're, we're talking about Kenny Galladay, and we're talking now, this isn't Dynasty. I know we were very Dynasty-centric, but, you know, we do dip our toes into redraft, especially starting around Scott Fishbowl season yep. um, is kind of the official start of, you know, especially redraft season. But he's coming off hamstring and hip injuries. I'm not a doctor. But I don't like when my wide receiver is coming off of multiple leg injuries. Okay. So that's one. Two, downgrade at quarterback. Listen, you, you might think Daniel Jones is on the come up. You might think he's going to be better than he was last year. And that may be true. I'm not going to sit here and say it's not. But that, on no planet does he reach Matt Stafford's level. It's just not going to happen. I'm sorry. He is what he is. Um, but he's not going to be Matt Stafford. So to me, that is a 
big downgrade at quarterback. Then we got to talk about the massive upgrade at running back that he's walking into because DeAndre Swift, he had flashes last year, and he's probably going to be a good player. But Saquon is Saquon. And I have said I'm worried about Saquon and the injuries, but if Saquon is healthy, I mean, he's rivaling CMC as the best running back in the league. Yeah. So, you know, that changes your offense. And Kenny Galladay is not a big enough wide receiver name to combat that. So I think that's going to be a problem for Kenny Galladay. And then it's a new system. I know we 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 you know we just assume that playing wide receiver is just running routes and catching the ball, but it's not. It's it's blocking concepts. It's you know, it's what are you doing on options? It's it. I mean, there's a, a whole host of things that go into playing wide receiver, and when you go from playing one system that you played in for a few years, where you know the terminology, you know what you're supposed to do on options, you know the blocking concepts, you know what. You know, what's happening in man, what's happening in zone, all that kind of stuff. And then you go to a a brand new system. You know, a lot of, you know, a lot of players say it's like learning a new language. And we can't just think that Kenny Galladay is going to be fluent in his new language just because we think he's going to be good. Um, So obviously, every player is worth it at a certain point. But I'm I probably will not have any Kenny Galladay um in any of the redraft leagues that I do because I don't know if there are uh too many people who are lower on Kenny Galladay than I am. Um at least for 2021. Now, if you want to talk about, you know, for dynasty purposes, yeah, maybe 2022. He's had a year in the system. He's gotten some chemistry with Daniel Jones, you know. Saquon is, you know, maybe pulled back a little bit because they want to keep him healthy. I don't know. But all those things could happen and he could be a monster in 2022. But for 2021, I just, I don't see the big things that a lot of people saw when Kenny Galladay first got signed. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe he, you know, Maybe he's the man. Maybe he just does it. And, you know, but I I will not be reaping any of the benefits. And, yeah. and J- Jerry Bagshaw here, uh, where Kenny G is going, he's out as well. You know, he doesn't like Kenny G for the price. And listen, me neither. Like, I don't. I... I think there are guys in the area code in the Kenny G area code that I would rather have. And if, Hey, again, what do we always say? If you're high on Kenny G, get yourself some Kenny G, but I am not, I'm not one of those guys. Uh, So I doubt highly that I will be on. I don't think Kenny G will be on too many of my teams. I'm actually looking up right now. <laughs> While I'm talking, I want to see where. Yeah, I think Kenny Kenny Galladay is going to be better for Daniel Jones, and Daniel Jones will be for Kenny Galladay. I'll put it that way. Um, you know, for when Daniel Jones closes his eyes and throws it up there, you know, maybe he'll get a couple more of them caught down the field. 
And uh, I, you know, to be, to be fair to the other side, uh, you know, I had doubts about Stefan Diggs last year going to Buffalo, going to an outdoor rough weather team, leaving Minnesota where he played in the dome, new system, et cetera. You know, is Josh Allen any better? You know, you look at the accuracy of him versus Kirk Cousins two years ago. And, uh, you know, I, I ate a lot of crow last year in redraft. Uh, I wish I had gotten some shares in Dynasty before, um, you know, from other people that were like, you know, similarly concerned. But uh, I think the, the Bills have put together some stuff that'll be outliers that, you know, other, other teams will want to replicate or want to hope for. Um, that, yeah, I, I don't think the Giants are the same place as an organization. I don't think Daniel Jones is going to make the same kind of leap forward that uh, Josh Allen did. So, yeah, I think there are a lot of signs pointing to some letdown for Kenny Galladay. But, um, but yeah, you know, I, I certainly wish, wish him the best. And hopefully, you know, hopefully they prove us wrong in, in, in some ways and they get a, get a good tandem out of it. And, yeah, it'll be exciting. It's more exciting when people do well in the NFL. So hopefully things go well. Yeah, um, you'll never hear me rooting for a Giants player. So uh, that, that's all Drew. Drew. Drew's hope for the best for, for <laughs> hey, Kenny Galladay. You know, to be fair, that was the first Super Bowl that – I watched that crushed me, uh, you know, wide right bills against the giants. So there's no love lost there for the Giants organization <laughs> as well. And plus, you know, they're not even in New York. They're not a New York team. They're in New Jersey. That's, that's true. I actually mentioned that on the pot uh, uh, Sal had, had uh, a few guests on and they were talking about the, the two teams in New York. And I said, there's only one team in New York. There's two Come in on. New Jersey. Come on. Uh, and I said that just because I, I mean, I'm a Cowboys fan, but I, I literally grew up in the shadow of the, uh, the old Meadowlands. So, uh, you know, I, uh, you know, I, those are, those are Jersey teams. You can put whatever you want in front of the name, but, uh, mm-hmm. if you play in New Jersey, uh, you're a New Jersey team, but I just look, I just looked up the ADP on DLF here and this is Superflex AP. Kenny Galladay is going at, wide receiver 27 and you go that's kind of low right well here's some guys that that are going after him that i think i would rather have uh cooper cup who's right after him at wide receiver 28 jerry judy at wide receiver 31 odell beckham at wide receiver 32 tyler lockett at wide receiver 34 uh i'm just anybody else no that that probably is is the wrap-up you know, but like, would it shock you if Kenny Galladay, just for 2021, we're not talking long-term, we're just talking 2021, would it shock you if Kenny Galladay and Robbie Anderson had similar stats? Not all right. at all. Well, well, Robbie Anderson is wide receiver 44. Yeah, I would take, uh, yeah, give me Cup, give me Anderson. I love Anderson in that system, getting his quarterback back. Heck yeah, I'll take him at the discount. I mean, if if the, the, the Texans had a soul that could play quarterback, Brandon Cooks is going at wide receiver 46. Mm. And that's the reason why he is going at wide receiver 46 yep. because, I mean, it, what is it, Davis Mills, Tyrod Taylor, you know, it's like, ugh, you know. But with, you know, a competent quarterback, you know, I, I feel like Brandon Cooks mm-hmm. could outperform uh, Kenny Galladay in 2021. Yep, absolutely. Healthy Tyrod Taylor, he could make Kenny or he could make uh, Brandon Cooks relevant again. I'm and, not, and I'm not a huge uh, Cooks guy, but because he, I mean, he's basically played with Hall of Fame guys and a and a genius head coach in McVay. So yeah, you know, I, I don't know that he's quite quarterback proof like a guy like Hopkins or 
you know, Megatron or Larry Fitzgerald or something like that. But the guy's produced over and over again. So I think if you give him a, an average quarterback, he'll be an above average wide receiver for you. And I would absolutely take that discount over Kenny G. Yeah. And, and that's kind of, I guess that's kind of where I'm coming at is, you know, while wide receiver 27 doesn't sound like an awful deal, you may actually think that you're getting a deal with Kenny Galladay at wide receiver 27. I just kind of want to shout out that there are guys after Kenny Galladay that are even better deals because absolutely. And that's just in the wide receiver position. Never mind the other positions that you might need to to acquire at a draft. Right, because his his average draft position is 80.75. So pretty much 81. So if you're in a 12 team league, you're taking him in the middle of round 7 about like I, I not me. Like I don't want to. I mean so yeah, like you can pass me. So I'm looking up my, my Scott fishbowl team right now. Cause I just kind of want to see where, uh, where I've been at with my wide receivers. Cause I've actually, uh, unbeknownst to me, which is funny because I'm drafting this team. I've taken three wide receivers in a row. Um, and I took Tyler Lockett, who I like more than Kenny Galladay for 2021. Obviously, the Fishbowl is a redraft league. Um, at wide receiver 23, so a little bit higher than his DLF uh, consensus. But I know Tyler Lockett is a boom bust kind of guy. But if they can if they can regulate him just a little bit, I mean, he could be he could be scary good. And that's a guy playing with the same quarterback, playing in the same system, playing on the same team. I mean, all the things that I worry about with Kenny Galladay, I don't have to worry about with uh, Tyler Lockett. And honestly, at the end of the season, even if Tyler Lockett only has three big games, I mean, they're probably going to end up. They're weak winners. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, right. They'll be weak winners and they'll probably end up with the same stats Anyway, so so I mean, you know, to to win a big tournament like that, you need kind of you know you need those extreme things to kind of help you out. But you know, even in your just regular work league, I mean, Kenny Galladay is is an you know okay guy to have let on somebody, your team. Let somebody chase the name if they want it. Yeah. yeah. And then go get yourself Jerry Judy. And even if it's Drew Locke throwing him the ball, which I know it's gross, I'll admit it. Mm. But even if it's Drew Locke throwing him the ball, you got to believe that a guy who in college was a pretty consistent catcher just kind of had a one-year blip with all the drops. His catch percentage is way higher. And, you know, you're going to town with a guy that obviously, according to ADP, you can get, you know, Let's see how much later because I know. Yeah. Uh, let's see, Jerry Judy. So he's at ninety-two. So an eleven pick difference, almost a whole round different. So, you know, don't and take. Let's not forget there are people that were comparing. You know, the would you rather question six months ago is would you rather have Drew Locke or Daniel Jones? Actually, I will tell you a funny story. A league that we're both in together, uh, Superflex Army Two. 
Um, my team was not in the playoffs. Uh, my team was uh, very bad. Um, but I got a trade offer um, in the playoffs. I One of the reasons why my team was very bad, because I drafted Drew Locke. Um, and someone wanted to take Drew Locke off of my hands for Daniel Jones. So usually when I see a, a, a trade that I automatically want to hit accept on, I go to Google first because I figure someone got hurt and I didn't hear about it or, you know, there's a, you know, a legal situation or something. So I, I always go to Google in a situation like that because I feel like someone is trying to take advantage of, of a situation. And after I did multiple Google searches and found out that, you know, yeah, Daniel Jones didn't, you know, didn't get caught with, you know, a bag full of drugs in his trunk or didn't, you know, tear his ACL walking his dog or something like that. Uh, I accepted the trade and I asked the guy afterwards, I said, hey, why'd you make this trade? Like, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. He goes, well, Daniel Jones was hurt at the end of the season. As we all know, he was hurt. Okay. And Drew Locke was healthy. And I tried getting other quarterbacks and people wouldn't trade for <laughs> wouldn't trade with me because no one wanted Daniel Jones. And I said, well, I, I just wanted to get rid of Drew Locke. I mean, getting a starting quarterback in return was just icing on the cake. So, oh, um, so yeah, out. So actually, it's funny that you brought those two names up because in a league that we're both in, uh, at towards the end of the season, I made that trade because I wasn't in the playoffs. It didn't matter to me whether Daniel Jones was hurt. Actually, all I was doing was helping my uh, – my draft, draft position. Gosh. So. <laughs> yeah. So. And, and to be fair, again, a lot of this is in the context of Scott Fish where, you know, like Josh mentioned earlier, the scoring punishes inconsistent quarterbacks. Um, so, you know, I, I do have some, some optimism around Daniel Jones. I've got him on a couple of uh, dynasty rosters and I think, I hope he sorts it out. And like I said, I think uh, Galladay will be good for him overall. But, uh, but yeah, in general, when you're looking at where Galladay is now in his situation, it's, uh, you know, I guess uh, I'm curious. What do you think? You know, is he any better? Is he, is he in a better spot now in the Giants or would he have been better off staying in Detroit being the guy with Jared Goff thrown to him in that offense now? <laughs> um, that's tough. Um, I guess that's tough. I guess I'll say he's in a, I'll say he's in a better position, but it's not so overwhelmingly better that you're, you know, super excited about it. I mean, right. If he had stayed in, in Detroit, Jared Goff would have been his quarterback and Jared Goff is better than people say he is. He's not great. He's not elite. I'm not saying any of that. But a lot of people, you know, talk about him as like one of the worst quarterbacks in the league, which he's not. He's he's a very average quarterback, which, by the way, I mean, passing wise, I mean, Daniel Jones has the rushing upside, but that doesn't really help a wide receiver. Passing wise, Daniel Jones and Jared Goff are very similar. And Jared Goff may even have the advantage in in the passing department. Yeah. So it's not like, oh, thank thank goodness he avoided Jared Goff and got himself Daniel Jones. Like, you know, that's not the case. I mean, the good thing would have been that the only other target that would have been there would have been uh, Hawk. 
yeah, you know, TJ Hawkinson, you know, because let's face it, I mean, we talk about the lack of players that the Houston Texans have. Well, if we mm. look at the wide receiver room in Detroit, it's very Houston Texan-ish. And I don't even want to say that because the Texans still have Brandon Cooks. So, um, yeah, I mean, we're talking to, you know, we're all fighting about who's going to be the wide receiver one. Oh, it's going to be Amon Ross St. Brown. It's going to be Tyrell Williams. It's going to be Brashad Perriman. Like, oh, my God. Like, please. Like, I mean, I play in 16-team Superflex leagues, and I don't even have these guys on my team. So, like, <laughs> I, I mean, with super deep benches, I, I, I have one league that's 16-team Superflex with super deep benches. And I don't have any Detroit wide receiver on my team. And I would not trade for any Detroit wide receiver unless somebody was giving them away for a fifth round rookie pick or something of the sort. Because, you know, know, it's going to be a healthy dose of passing to TJ Hawkinson, a healthy dose of passing to to Swift. And – yeah, wide receivers are going to get thrown to because you have to throw to them. But you're, you know, when you look at the end of the season and you see three guys that have, you know, fifty receptions for you know five hundred and twenty yards, yeah. you're you're not going to be excited about that, you know. So, um, I let people argue about the the Detroit wide receiver room all the time, and I just I walk somewhere else and. <laughs> decide to do something better with my time because I mean I brought up Rashad Perriman in another episode and Bill was like Rashad Perriman I said but Rashad Perriman you know has had just as much of a a flash of brilliance as as Tyrell Williams did that one what half season that he was on the Chargers you know Rashad Perriman had like four games like that in Tampa Bay when everybody got hurt you know, yep. could Amon Rob be good for three games? Sure. But like, <laughs> I don't want to deal with that. Yeah. So, yeah, I guess I'll say the Giants. Um, sorry, I just just thinking about that. Why <laughs> in Detroit and it got me all messed up. Um, I, yeah, I guess I'll say the Giants because they're, you know, the run game is going to be important. And, yep. you know, Barkley you got to respect Saquon. Yeah, you have to respect Saquon, both running and catching the ball, you know, and Sterling Shepard and Darius Slayton are good players. I mean, I know people kind of dismiss them. Sterling Shepard's been hurt a lot, and mm. I called Darius Slayton last year the uh, the low-budget Amari Cooper because of his inconsistency. Um, but, th- but those guys have, have had flashes in the league. And I think are 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 more talented players than uh, Tyrell Williams and Brashad Perriman and, and Amon Ross St. Brown. So, you know, there are competent wide receivers around him that hopefully defenses at least have to keep an eye on, even if they're not, you know, not building a game plan around stopping them. But, you know, keep an eye on. So, yeah, I guess the situation is better in New York, but it's probably pretty close. Yeah, we'll we'll see. Time will tell. Time will tell. He's got to stay healthy. Yeah. I mean, and actually before last year, he had stayed relatively healthy, but it was a 
first it was a hamstring, then it was a hip injury. And, you know, when you only play five games in a season, you know, people get worried about, you know, the next season because you're missing all that time and you're trying to get back trying to get the part of your body healthy, but then you have to get into game shape and you, you know, he's also learning a new offense. So we'll see, but I, I, uh, I, yeah, I, I won't have him probably on any redraft team that I have. And I'm, I'm okay with that. I'm okay yep. with it. I'm just fine. I'm with you. So uh, this last one here is from Connor at Kanban NFL. Does Terry McLaurin finished better or worse than wide receiver nine. And instead of just answering this, you know, off the top of our heads, we, we kind of did a little mini playthrough with Kenny Galladay, but we're, we're going to go into the game, the real game. We're going to play a game, Drew. I don't know if we've ever played mm. a game together, but we're going to play a game. It's like Saw, you want to play a game? Yeah, you want to play a game. <laughs> so we're going to – we're going to count it down. We're going to we're going to start at wide receiver 9. Now, this is this is dynasty. So the, this is the LF stats. So obviously in redraft it could, you know, it could change a little bit. But let's see if we can fit our man Terry McLaurin in here. So do you think Terry McLaurin has a better season than ADP wide receiver one, Justin Jefferson. Oh my God, Justin Jefferson. <laughs> uh, I love Justin Jefferson, but I, I think that's unrealistic. But um, oh gosh, I could definitely see a scenario where he has a, a better season than Justin Jefferson. I don't think it's a high probability. I would still prefer to have, in Dynasty, I would definitely prefer to have Justin Jefferson. He's younger. Um, you know, he flashes a rookie, so no, I'd rather have Justin Jefferson. And uh, I think JJ outproduces this year. All right. So 2021, we got Justin Jefferson. Okay. So so far, Terry McLaurin, not on the board yet. Okay. Wide receiver two, AJ Brown. Man, this this has been uh, a little polarizing lately, especially in like the 108 chat. And I've heard a couple mm-hmm. things on uh, on Clubhouse where people are uh, really on on opposite ends here. Either people think that Julio is going to help or Julio is going to hurt AJ Brown here. Um, AJ Brown has been incredibly efficient. Tannehill seems to connect well with him. There aren't a ton of options. Uh, they're in what should be an up and coming division. Uh, you know, I, I'm not real concerned about AJ Brown's injuries, uh, that he had last year. Um, so no, that's pretty easy. I would rather have AJ Brown. I think AJ Brown still outproduces, um, by a good bit. All right. So I agree with you. So Terry McLaurin still not on the board. Tyreek Hill, the freak, the cheetah. That's easy. Tyreek Hill. I think Tyreek Hill should be the. He, he is uh, pretty easily in contention for the wide receiver one in 2021. In Dynasty, too, I mean, he's – I know he's a speed guy, in a, you know, but he's in a great offense. He's tied to Mahomes. Uh, he, is, he is more than just a speed guy, though. If anything, you know, he's, he's, he's worked on his craft more than some of the typical speed guys we talk about, I think. So, yeah, no. I love Tyreek. the breakdown because all I would have said was Tyreek Hill. That's yeah. all I need to say when we're comparing those two guys. All right. DK Metcalf. 
Oh man. Um, I, I still like DK. Uh, you know, Russ is inconsistent. Sure. He has boom weeks or he seems to disappear, but you know, DK, man, I, that guy is, uh, I, I'm probably more emotionally attached to him than I should be, but he makes the big plays. He catches, he, he can get open. He's not just a, a nine guy. So yeah, I would, I would definitely rather have uh, DK over McLaurin. Um, yeah. All right. So I don't, I don't want any favoritism here. Stefan Dix. <laughs> <laughs> uh, in dynasty, you know, it, it, what's funny is they're closer in age. Every time I look at Terry McLaurin's age, I, I get surprised. Um, you mm-hmm. know, he's what 26 turning 27 this year or something like that. Uh, um, look it up because you keep talking. I'll look it up. Yeah. You know, um, all right, so he's twenty. He's twenty five. Okay, so a year younger than I thought. Um, you know, tied to a young quarterback like Josh Allen, which uh, I want to say there are a couple of divisions where you know Josh Allen has gone as a QB two um, to Mahomes, and people have debated between him and Mahomes. So, uh, yeah, I, I would rather take uh, Diggs with what he showed in year one in that new system. Uh, again, the organization they put together and the way they've they've built that team. So. Yeah, I would I would definitely take Diggs over McLaurin uh, in Dynasty if I was in a startup or you know if somebody offered me a trade with those two. All right, so so far we do not have a uh, a spot for Terry McLaurin. Devonte Adams. Oh, uh, this is where it gets interesting with um, the quarterback situation. I, I put it in our one hundred eight Slack chat. I think. I don't think it's high, but I think there is a double-digit percentage chance that Rodgers does not play for the Packers this year. I don't, I don't know that I think he sits out. I don't know what the odds are that he gets traded. I think he's shown enough that he could be a, you know what, screw you guys. I'm just gonna make you, I'm gonna make you sweat it out for a few games, kind of a deal. Um, I, with his age, I am not. Uh, I could flip a coin between the two for dynasty for this year. I, I think I still want Adams, but for dynasty ADP, uh, it gets real close there. Um, that's tough dynasty. I, I, I could be tempted to take McLaurin over Adams and dynasty. What about for 2021 for 2021? I, I think I still take Adams. Cause uh, I think in the long run, I think at, uh, I think Rogers stays, I think he plays meaningful games, and that connection is just money in the bank. All right, so we're six in, and we have not found a person yet that we think will perform worse than Terry McLaurin in 2021. Let's hit maybe lucky number seven. C.D. Lamb. Give me Lamb. Wow. Okay, you said that with confidence. You so 2021. CD Lamb 2021 and Dynasty. Yeah. I mean, tied to Dak. The guy is the yards after the catch. The guy is a, he's a competitor. He's an athlete. Um, Yeah. You can get into some of the things. I don't know enough about the contracts and stuff, but you know, the idea that Gallup could be out in a year or two. Mm -hmm. Um, No, I, he is a guy that I, I wish I had more of. Um, But yeah. Yeah. In that offense, I think the, the whole package there. He is yes. I will absolutely take CD Lamb over McLaurin. All right, th- this this is the first spot that I could actually slot 
Terry McLaurin into for 2021, not beyond for 2021. Um, the, I. I think it's still going to be a, a too many mouths to feed scenario. Um, Don't you dare say DeAndre Hopkins. The, DeAndre Hopkins. Well, he's coming up. He's not, oh, he's yeah. not up yet. Not this one. Okay. But, but I think this is a too many mouths to feed scenario. I mean, Amari Cooper's still there. Michael Gallup will get his. I mean. Oh, you're talking about Lamb. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, Lamb. Um, I mean, hell, even Dalton Schultz got some yardage last year, and Blake Jarwin is back, and I think is a way better player than Dalton Schultz. So yeah. I'm sure he'll get his. You got Zeke in the mix. Um, I think he'll do well. Don't get me wrong. I think he'll do well. But I think I think this is the first spot where I could slot in Terry McLaurin. Mm. So here you go. I think, I think we'll get back on track with this one. Uh, Calvin Ridley. Yeah, no, or Terry Ridley. McLaurin. No, give me yeah. Ridley. Yeah, we don't we don't need to go too much into this. Ridley's that dude. Um, he's he's real good. Um, let's see who comes after. All right, here's the guy you told me not to say, DeAndre Hopkins. No, I'm still taking him this year. Second year in the system, Kyler. Yeah, there, there's too much good going on there. I put I put so much disrespect on DeAndre Hopkins' name last year. Same. I, I said, man, it's a new team. There was actually some real competition there, which he didn't really have in Houston. Uh, you know, all the excuses. Mm-mm. And DeAndre Hopkins, he slapped me in my mouth, as he yeah. should have, and just did what he's done his entire career, mm-hmm. which is ball out and just yeah. embarrass opposing defensive yeah. backs. Yeah. So look at his quarterback list. What the hell were we thinking? And then you know, yeah, I, I walked- literally don't. The only quarterback that has ever stopped him was Brock Osweiler. Literally, the only quarterback that has ever stopped him mm-hmm. from being elite. So yeah, I mean, yeah. it's DeAndre. It you know, uh, speaking of Homer Homerism and Bills fandom, man, I, I remember I, I I walked in on that Sunday, walked home thinking, yeah, I'm going to catch the end of it. I'm getting the updates. Diggs got the last minute touchdown. I walk in, turn on TV, and wouldn't you know, it's a damn Hal Murray. Mm-hmm. Like, what the heck is this? So, mm-hmm. yeah, no, 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 no. Never betting against that guy again. Um, I don't care who – I don't even care who the quarterback would be for McLaurin. It's, it's Hopkins. Yeah, it's Hopkins. All right, here you go. Number 10, Jamar Chase. Oof. Or Terry McLaurin for twenty twenty one for twenty twenty one. Give me, give me McLaurin. I, I, I think I have to agree with you on that one as well. Um, I think that as much as I think the Bengals' offense is going to be powerful um, in a couple of years, twenty twenty one. I think they're you know they got to keep they got to keep Joe Burrow healthy. Um, yeah. They made improvements to the offensive line, but was it enough? I don't know. That's the big question. We'll have to see. Jamar Chase, I think, is going to be really good. I love the guy. I don't think I, it's going. I don't think we're going to Justin Jefferson this one this year. I don't think. I don't think so. I think uh, you know, as a prospect, he's got more hype than Jefferson, um, but experience matters. So T. Higgins, another national champion, made a connection with Burrow last year. 
I know people are saying that Boyd's going to be the odd man out. It's going to be a while before Boyd is the odd man out. So I, I, I hope selfishly, I hope Jamar Chase uh, takes some time to acclimate this year and I can get him cheap maybe in October in some dynasty leagues. I, I doubt it, but maybe there'll be somebody that gives up on him too quick, but uh, for 2021, yeah, no, give me McLaurin. I, I think I got to, I think I got to agree with you. So that's the top 10 in, in dynasty. You have everybody ahead of McLaurin. The only person I questioned was CD lamb. Mm. So that puts, that would put him at nine for me. So let's keep going. Chris Godwin or Terry McLaurin for 2021 for 2021. Oh God, that, that becomes a, a coin flip, man. That, that depends on where we get them. Um, it seems like Brady had a thing for Evans last year. Whenever Evans was healthy and able to play, Brady found him, whether it was, you know, the, the two or three passes early on in the end zone. Um, mm, I, I would have to go with, with Godwin based on Brady being his quarterback. They got the whole crew together. They got all 22 starters. You got continuity. You got Arians running things again, letting Brady do what he, what he does. Um, you know, speaking of uh, people going to different, playbooks, different language, even Brady last year, right? He admitted that he had to adapt a little bit and figure out what was going on in Tampa Bay. So now, you know, he put the work in, in the off season, you know, he's out there somewhere on a, a high school field with, uh, with Godwin and Evans and probably Scotty Miller and a couple other guys trying to figure out all their secret signals and stuff. So assuming that, you know, they cost me the same thing. I'll, I'll take Godwin. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, my wide receiver too, uh, Chris Godwin. Uh, I'm going with him as well. I mean, once Brady figured it out, yeah, you just saw that offense hit a gear that no one could keep up with. No I'm one. so glad he's out of the AFC East. Uh, yeah, and still winning Super Bowls. It um, unbelievable. That that man could be on the moon and would still yeah. win Super Bowls. I mean, and I think now that he has really kind of gotten himself acclimated to the offense, He's got chemistry with these guys. Mm-hmm. Oh, they brought everyone back. The first defending Super Bowl champion. That's ridiculous. To bring all 22 starters back. Like, he doesn't even have to learn new guys. Nope. And he doesn't have to learn a new system. No. Nope. Oh, like, I, I mean, the, I just love how the NFL sent the Cowboys in there as a sacrificial lamb <laughs> on the opening game. <laughs> I mean, I love the Cowboys, and, I, and I'll be cheering for them, but I, you couldn't pay me to bet the Cowboys in that game. You couldn't pay mm-hmm. me to bet them because that the, the Cowboys' defense and the Bucks' offense, uh, I mean, it's literally uh, – Match like, made in heaven. Yeah, like <laughs> – they're just – I mean, I think the, the contract for that game says if Brady hits 50, they just turn it off. They're not even going to – they're not even going to play the rest of it because, yeah. I mean, who would want to see that? And that might be like the third quarter, by the way, when they hit 50. So, I mean, yeah, give me Chris Godwin. He's, if he's healthy, he's going to be a big part of that. So, we played, we played a little game. We had some fun. 
Connor for 2021, we don't see McLaurin in there um, as a top nine guy. But in in the Scott Fishbowl, he's getting drafted at wide receiver. I believe it was 12. I had it up and then it it disappeared on me. But I believe he was he was going at um at wide receiver 12 in Scott Fishbowl. And I think that's I think that's that's reasonable. I think that's about where he's going to end up. I think he's going to be in that that low end RB1 or RB1, excuse me, wide receiver one, high end wide receiver two area. So um, he's good. Like, you know, we talked about a lot of guys and this was not a like, hey, we just wanted to say that Terry McLaurin sucks type thing. He's really good. But, you know, no, Bill, it just shows you the depth of the wide receivers. Yeah. I mean, I, I took A-Rob as my wide receiver one. He's not even on the list that you went through in ADP. First of all, you, you will find no bigger person who loves Allen Robinson as much as I do. I love Allen Robinson. And he's, he's criminally disrespected. He is the Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. <laughs> like, we don't, we don't ever talk about him. We don't ever hype him up. And then the dude is just, he, he's wide receiver one every season, playing with freaking Mitch Trubisky, playing with Nick Foles, playing with garbage. Yeah. And he is just a wide receiver. Blake Bortles. I mean, gee, like the, the people that he has played with. Yep. It's gross. It's, I mean, it's kind of DeAndre Hopkins, like close him, Larry Fitz, that kind of like they just play with yeah. garbage quarterbacks, and we, you know, we're like, oh, this guy, and then he's just he's like, no, like I'll just be a you know a wide receiver one, and go about his day. He he is the. Kirk Cousins of wide receivers. We will never give him the respect that he deserves for fantasy. Um, but he will. He just continues. I love him. I, I get him all the time. I get him yep. pretty much every league that I'm in. And I just laugh because people take worse wide receivers. <laughs> and for whatever reason, they are fine with taking worse wide receivers. and. I just, I laugh. I just say, okay, you can have these, you know, you can have the new rookie. You can have, yep. you know, the guy who's coming off of injury. Take, hey, take Kenny Galladay. You can have yep. him. <laughs> I'll take Allen Robinson. <laughs> we'll we'll bring it back to, to the previous yeah. question. But, you know, so on that note, Drew, I, we hit, I think we hit all these questions here. I think we did a pretty dang good job. Um, you know, thank you for coming on. Uh, appreciate Absolutely. it. You know, we we uh, we we got you out of the bullpen. We said we need the closer. We need uh, we need to end this right. And uh, you were you were gracious enough to come on and uh, and give us some of your time, give us some of your your knowledge. And I appreciate that. So just let everybody know if they don't already uh, where they can find you. 
Yeah, I'm uh, I'm not super active on Twitter, more in the chat with FTC, but I'm at dr underscore pra. Uh, as Josh alluded to earlier, I I am not a doctor, uh, though my local golf course thinks that I am based on uh, <laughs> my handle and my email. But yeah, I just love coming on here and uh, chatting with you, Josh, with Bill. Love seeing what we have in the chat there. So yeah, if you're not in it already, get in that chat. Um, it's it's a lot of fun. Lots of stuff going on outside of fantasy as well, but. Love this community and uh, you know how open, as a general rule, everybody is. So you know, I don't, I don't do a lot of uh, analytics or film, but just enjoy the, enjoy the game of fantasy football, enjoy NFL as a whole. So I appreciate you all welcoming me, letting me uh, fill in periodically, and yeah, hopefully it's fun for folks that are listening. And yeah, can't wait till next time and, and finish out these drafts and see what happens this year. Oh, uh, for sure, and, and you know, obviously, if you've listened this far. Um, you already know how smart Drew is. So jump into the FTC again. Um, there's so many, so many smart people there. Um, I alluded before Rocky was in the chat earlier. He's in there always uh, dropping knowledge and congrats to Rocky on, on 5,000 followers, man. That's, um, mm. that's amazing, but it's deserved. Like it's mm-hmm. not surprising because he, he's so smart and he, uh, he brings a lot to the table and people who follow him, I think, you know, have obviously realized that uh, he he does. He brings a lot to the table. So congrats, Rocky. Um, and, and, you know, thank you to everybody who was in the chat today. Jerry, Jerry Bagshaw was in here. He was real active. Uh, Lindsay was active. Uh, she had said earlier, I forgot her Rams. Listen, you know. Just because you go to a Super Bowl once doesn't make you memorable, okay? Just kidding, Lindsay. Just kidding. Got to talk some <laughs> trash. Um, but, you know, we had Lindsay in here. We had other people in and out. Um, Kevin was in here earlier, uh, former guest of the timeline. And everybody else who was in and out, thank you so much. It means a lot. It helps uh, when we get your feedback and listen to what you guys are thinking answering questions from you guys it's the best um if you're trying to figure out hey like you know i want to see you guys live what do we do uh go on youtube uh search for the dap network hit the bell hit subscribe and then you know when we go live and it's not just us um the uh the junkies are now doing a lot of live stuff which is cool again rocky i'll shout them out again and now new co-host Andrew Hall, former guest of the timeline. Uh, two super smart guys, two super entertaining guys getting together. I can't wait for that to happen. I mean, I'm gonna be tuned in and it's gonna be it's gonna be a blast. And also sometimes the trade addicts, they do some live stuff, you know, just for the heck of it. They go, ah, we're gonna go live this week, you know. It's not just gonna be a Patreon thing. And I mean. You know Al House already. You know, uh, obviously, Rocky again. But, I mean, you know it already. It's going to be good every time out. So, yeah, hit the bell. Hit subscribe. Um, and if you're listening to this uh, in podcast form, thank you again. An hour and 22 minutes we're on. And you could be doing literally anything else in the world. And you've decided to listen to me ramble and Drew just spit uh, knowledge bombs. So, Appreciate that. Make sure that you are subscribed if you're not for some reason. And then leave a rate and review, man. That that helps so much. That gets us in front of more people when people are searching for those uh, those podcasts to listen to. So uh, we appreciate all of that. 
And uh, you know what? Drew, we're out of here. Late. <laughs>